Welcome to Comic Talkers. My name is William. And I'm Brandon. And today we're doing another uh, book club. Uh, today's episode, we're going to be talking about Spawn. Now, for most people, they don't really know what Spawn is. A lot of people haven't heard of them, but uh, for the people who have heard of them, most people will know them from uh, the movie that came out uh, a while back. Or the TV, the animated TV show, but um, not a lot of people know about him from the comic books. And he's kind of an underrated character, in my opinion, but uh, he has been gaining some popularity in the last couple of years. Uh, Brandon, would you like to go into more detail about his backstory? Sure. So, Spawn was actually an original creation of Image Comics. Um, during this time frame, um, a lot of artists and writers from Marvel and DC decided to venture out on their own, um, decided to leave the companies they once and once known and loved. Um, some actually returned later on, like Jim Lee returned to DC, uh, so on and so forth, uh, and made their own company called Image Comics. Um, Spawn was one of the first original creations um, created by a famous um, Spider-Man um, artist by the name of Todd McFarlane. Um, in... Um, what was it? Um, probably it's probably one of Image Comics' most popular characters. But again, we also got Walking Dead. We got Wildcats. Even though Wildcats not really known anymore, I do love them. So back off. Don't back <laughs> off. I'm sorry. Not trying to be me. But um, and it's actually still being published from the original run when it started in 1992, and it's still written by the same creator. Todd McFarlane is one of the longest running comic books as of right now. That's pretty cool. Other than adventure comics and, and, um, and what's its face uh, or not adventure comics, action <laughs> comics and, um, detective comics. Yeah. So what was your introduction to spawn? Where did you first find out about them? I have to say, unfortunately, um, it was actually a day I came over to your house when we were kids, and we ended up watching the movie. Um, the live-action movie? Yeah, with Michael J. White. Yeah. I never knew who Spawn was. I never... I think I've seen him a couple times, like, going up into the comic book stores and stuff, but never interests me to read. And then when I watched the movie, I was just like... I remember as a kid, I was like, what is this? Like, this don't make <laughs> no sense. But, um, but the movie, of course, isn't the best adaptation of it. Um, I do think the cartoons a way better adaptation. Shortly when I grew, you know, got a little older, I did end up watching the animated series and fell in love with it. Um, and I've gotten into comics later on, but the, my first introduction was the movie. And nowadays, it's somewhat cheesy. Um, unfortunately, yeah. I know Willie and it's, it's a cult classic for me. I I got introduced by uh, the movie as well. Um, I didn't really think anything of it. I just. I always loved Michael J. White. I thought he was an amazing actor and a great martial artist. Uh, kind of an underrated role for him. Um, the only issue I had with the movie originally is it reminded me a lot of... The same way they played it out, it reminded me a lot of uh, uh, the, the Raven or Crow. Not the, the Raven, Crow. Crow. Uh, with the Crow movie that came out, I think a, close to around the same time. I think it was a few years Brandon difference. I, yeah, it was yeah. a few year difference. Yeah. Yeah. So they always felt kind of similar for me with the imagery and everything. Obviously, Spawn had a lot more CGI. Uh, but yeah, that was where I first saw it. Um, definitely not as good as the animated show. Um, I mean, you can't beat Keith Davis. Yeah, uh, he he does a great job in any everything he does, yeah. and him doing the voice of Spawn, it kind of just fits. Right. So now I have to ask you then, how do you feel with Jamie Foxx being the new or new person casted as Spawn? Yeah, you know, I don't know. I like Jamie Foxx as a musician. His movie career has not been the best in my eyes. Uh. But I did like him in Project Power. So, I don't know. Maybe seeing him in more of a dark action film, that may be his way to go when it comes to film. Because you, he, you've seen him in like all kinds of things, comedies, 
And he's a great comedian, but and he's even got an Oscar nomination. He, I think, he actually won an Oscar with in the movie Ray. Um, yeah, as his portrayal is Ray Charles. But hey, you know what? We've always seen people who've had horrible comic book movies when they first start in a comic book movie, and always shown a different side later on. So you know what? Maybe this is a redeeming factor for him. We've seen Ben Affleck do it when he was Daredevil, came back as Batman. Um, I know some people still don't like him as Batfleck. I didn't mind him. It's like, uh, it could be worse. It could be George Clooney. Like, <laughs> or, you know, there's just that, or what was it? I think, what was the other one? I can't remember the other one, but there was another actor that starred in a movie, was terrible, went to the other brand, and pretty much was way better. Oh, um. Ryan Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> um, well, it could be argued when he first started because it was terrible when he first started. And that was in Wolverine or X-Men Wolverine Origins. Yeah. Or X-Men Origins. Wait, that was, was that first or was Green Lantern first? That was first. If yeah. I'm not mistaken, that was 2009. Then it was Green Lantern 2011. And then the Deadpool movie in yeah. 2016. So he almost got screwed over on both sides of the comic book aisles, but. Well, even right. like you can look at Chris Evans and see his first portrayal as Human Torch, even though we loved it, doesn't oh, yeah. always mean it was the best. But and then he comes as Captain America, and that's pretty much the role that's like defined him now. Yeah, is Captain America. Not so, anymore. Yeah. So, um, before we going back to the original topic, before we actually do jump into the book club, um, we do want to advise that some of the stuff that we are going to talk about may not be suitable for younger viewers. So, parents, if you have kids listening, um, we do want to address that viewer discretion is advised. Um, and also, too, something else we wanted to talk about. So, this volume has six issues. Mm-hmm. Me and Willie, or Willie and I have only decided to cover the first four. And the reason being is that the fifth one is hard to discuss. Um, it is a very, very, it, Spawn is a dark character as it is, but it is a very dark issue. And the sixth one was just like, what the crap just happened? Yeah. Like, it, it didn't make any sense. It, it made some sense, but it was just like, that's a little too soon. Like, yeah. I wouldn't have done that. So at the very least, the first four issues go through like the main bit of story they somewhat closely follow each other right so like that's why we're going to be focusing on those because at least you'll know that like where we're going with the story right and this is his first four issues ever created this is his origin story how he comes to be so we thought this would be a good way to introduce him um so i'll we're going to be kind of splitting off in the issues um uh, I'll cover the first and the fourth issue. Willie's going to cover the second and the third issue. Um, so we'll, you'll kind of hear us kind of go off and back and forth on each other a little bit. And so you kind of hear both our beautiful voices talking this time, you know. <laughs> so we are going to jump into the first issue. Um, it's entitled Questions, Part 1, um, released in May of 1992. This is his very first issue in comic in the comic book world. Um, the comic starts... Er, it's first introduced, or what was it? It first introduces Spawn in the beginning of the comic, questioning why he chose to come back. And he has died and yet decides to come back to life, but for what reason? So he's pretty much mind-wiped. He doesn't know what happened, what's caused him to do this, anything. Um, the next thing we go to is three reporters giving reports on this guy. So it kind of gives us a little backstory on Spawn, or also known as Al Simmons. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a lieutenant colonel in the United States Marine Corps, best known for his involvement in saving the president of the United States from an assassination attempt. Um, he leaves behind a wife by the name of Wanda Blake, which we will discuss later on. Um, he disappeared from the public view shortly after an incident called the Hinkley Incident. Now, there's not a lot that's addressed in this, um, or at this point in time. There, In the first four issues, it doesn't even address what the Hinkley Incident was. Um, so hopefully we'll get, when we cover more spawn, we'll go more into that and what the Hinkley incident is. Um, but he also was a part of a lot of covert ops, covert task forces. Um, but here's the thing. So we go back to spawn after we get this little brief history. Um, but we go to the reporters, but let me go back to the reporters. I love the first two reporters, the woman from CNN and then the other guy who is like voicing his own opinion. And then you got E! News. 
Mm-hmm. And it's like, what was she wearing? I was like, what what <laughs> sense is that? Man, I don't give a crap about that. I want to know his life story. I don't give a crap about all that. Or, oh, she was spotted holding Terry's hand. I'm like, oh my gosh. Is this like a soap opera or something now? Like, oh my gosh, he died. It's like Stefano dying and he comes back to life. Like, holy crap. Yes, I do know soap operas. My family listens to it a lot. <laughs> so, yes, I know who Stefano is, unfortunately. Okay? Oh. Don't judge me. <laughs> Comic books are their own soap opera in some ways, too. Yeah. So, so we jump back to um, Spawn. And he's trying to piece together his past. He starts to remember that he has died. Um, he remembers Wanda, but yet doesn't remember her name at first. Just remember that she was beautiful. He remembers that he made a deal with the demon, um, we or devil, named Malboja. Now, we don't know Malboja right off the bat. We'll find out who he is later on more. Um, but what was it? Um, but he knew he came back for her, which is Wanda. Um, I tell you, that's like two back to back episodes. We've talked about a Wanda in some ways. We've talked about Wanda Maximoff and we've talked about Wanda Blake now. Um, (laughs) something about Wanda's in comics. Now we're going to talk about Wanda for fairy odd parents next, you know, (laughs) Um, Next episode, yeah. Wanda. And Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, but we find out somehow there was loopholes in this deal that was made with Malboja. Um, while he made this deal with the demon, he learned that, the, of course, Malboja played by his own terms. Um, pretty much what ended up happening, just to kind of give you guys a little background of it, he makes a deal with Alboja to come and see his wife. Um, and we'll go into it a little bit later on. It'll be in one of the other issues. Uh, it's, I believe it's in the second issue, but just to kind of give you guys a rundown. He makes a deal with Malboja so he could see his wife. But in the process, Malboja tricks him, gives him all these powers, and pretty much says, I'm tr- fast-forwarding you five years in the future, and you have fragmented memory. Kind of screwed up, but yeah, that's what happens when you make a deal with the devil. It doesn't always go your way. It might look like it, but it's really not. So it's interesting. Okay. So, but he remembers somebody, and we don't get to this point either. He remembers somebody has framed him, but we didn't know who has framed Spawn or Al Simmons. We don't know what's going on yet. Everything, mind you, this is only the first four issues we're covering, so there's going to be more later on that comes up. Um, what was it? After that, we go, we transition to two homicide detectives. Um, they're investigating, uh, what was it? Um, uh, homicide. Um, Carlo Giamani, which was a pretty big mob boss, was thrown out of a window, but the fall was what wasn't the thing that killed him. His heart was taken out. And like just like plucked out, pretty much. Yeah. Um, and we find out this is the not the only murder like this. And there's actually been kind of a chain of four murders. All that we've been in the same or that has been the same manner, where the heart's been plucked. So they're actually investigating this. We'll get back into it later on. Um and this kind of takes place in the next two issues too, after the fourth four, but like we said, we're not going to cover too much into it. Um, we transition back to Spawn. Um, he runs and he's kind of like jumping from roof to roof. And we find him. He finds a lady, you know, pretty much fighting off a, be- a, a pretty much four different guys. He comes up and pretty much says, you know, get off him or, you know, I'm, or pretty much you're going to experience, you know, what hell really is kind of thing. But then he gets a flashback. Voice seems to be a demon that, and there's a voice talking with him, which seems to be Malbosha that's talking to him. Um, and in some ways, taunting Simmons. He wanders into the back alley to try to make sense of it all. He now knows he has a wife, but still doesn't know who she is. When he takes off his mask and his gloves, he is puzzled. He starts to realize his skin is not his typical skin. It looks like it's burnt, and it's badly burned. Um, and he even asks himself, what am I? So 
we find out there's a lot of things going on in this case. Um, pretty much he's like disgusted and shocked what he has become. But by the end of the issue, we are introduced what seems to be a demon that Simmons made a deal with. He states, Simmons, if you think you're, you've got problems now, I promise your troubles have just begun. So this is Malboja to the T. This is the demon he has made a deal with. Um, you will see him if you've watched the movie like we have. Um, he is the big demon um, where he's like, you want to make a deal pretty much. And pretty much that big CGI, crappy CGI demon. At least they made the Violator look good in that, which we're yeah. going to get to in the second issue. but. They at least made him look good, yeah. but they made Malboja look like garbage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like yeah. I know the Violator is a bigger part of the comics, but Malboja is the one that gave him all the powers. Yeah. So it's like, okay. But that, pretty much the first issue was a, an easy sum up. It is a story. Once we get to the fourth issue, you're going to really see where it picks up. Yeah. Um, We're actually, I'm going to, hand it over to my partner here um but before we do that what's your take on the first issue like if you were reading this right then and there when it came out would you have continued getting it i honestly would have because for me it wasn't the story that really hooked me at first um when i started reading this comic the story was just kind of slow for me and there was a whole lot of dialogue that they were trying to push out really fast at first. But then after you get past a little bit of the dialogue and you start seeing some of the characters, it pointed out two really interesting things for me. For one, just like the design of every character is so unique and just so odd looking. I mean, you got the detectives that look like... Uh, they well, kind of okay. just make me look, if you take those two, like, old comedic figures, uh, who are they? Abbott and Costello? Yeah. You take Abbott and Costello, take, like, them, but make them, like, more gruff-looking detectives and make them more serious. So it's, like, it's a weird way to design them. And then when you see Spawn, both with and without his mask, just, like, the detail that's put into him. And Malboja, jeez, he is terrifying. It's the artwork that just like and, captured me. And mind you, we know Todd McFarlane is the guy who who was one of the or, or the artist for Spider Man in the eighties, mm -hmm. and he's the one that made actually look made the web look like webbing. It wasn't just this little straight shot, you know, lineage. Yeah. It was it literally looked like the entanglements of what a web would be. Yeah. So he is very artistic. Yeah, and, I I always loved the artistic of his stuff. What was it? So, I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you for issue number two, um, which is the second part to this whole series. Yeah. So, in issue number two, uh, right off the back, we get introduced to introduced to our main kind of antagonist. He's mostly an antagonist, but like a partner in some but like ways a stuff. partner in ways. Yeah, she, he still like works with Spawn. But he's trying to lead him down the wrong path. Right. And make him more of a minion of Malbosha. Instead of Spawn being his own guy, yeah. Yeah. And this character is the Violator. He is obviously the most ugly looking person in the world. He's a, just <laughs> imagine a big fat person took over it. Yeah. Pretty much. Like he's just a creepy clown. Just think Danny DeVito in it. It's the in penguin it version of a clown. <laughs> penguin version of a clown. And that's the violator. And he very much fits his name. Uh, right off the back, you see him. He's just having a conversation with a cat. Talking about how, like, what he's going to do to these people that he's encountering. How viciously he's going to tear them apart, rip out their hearts and kill him which this was the first clue that you get that he's the guy that's doing these really doing these murders uh because of the ripping up the heart thing uh so he's just like doing his thing talking with a cat showing off how evil he is uh the next thing that we jump to is spawn and he's sort of reflecting 
more on like his past and the memories that he can't find that he's trying to get back. And uh, so at one moment you see him up on the roof, still trying to think and figure things out. And from a distance over on a rooftop, he can see the violator uh, waving at him, trying to get his attention, but he kind of just ignores him and goes about his own thing. Uh, next thing you see, it jumps over to uh, the Doncorp building uh, over in like one of the higher suites. Obviously, there's like some screaming going on behind a door. It sounded like someone's trying to get away, but uh, obviously they're getting murdered or something. Uh, another man runs up to the door trying to find a way in. But immediately a hand busts through, like a decrepit, uh, clawed hand, and right outside pops this monster, really nasty monster that rips out his heart and just mutilates his body. And this thing, if you can't figure it out already, this was the true form of the Violator. Right. This, like, weird, decrepit... Demonic, like, demonic thing with horns all over his body and this huge gaping mouth with giant teeth. It was disgusting looking. Can, can I mention though that that's probably one of the best things of the movie oh, is yeah. they literally made him look like his comic book counterpart. Even though it might be terrible CGI now, they at least did everything they could at least make him look like his comic book character. Yeah, that was one of the best parts of the movie because it definitely. It was definitely the most faithful when it came to, like, the movie and the comics. But, yeah, it's just the design is so, so terrifying. I, I absolutely love it. Uh, right after that, they cut back over to the newscasters. They show... Another fun fact about the newscasters, you see the same um, uh, entertainment television, you see the same CNN... And you see the same guy, old guy, the that, old guy, but he's not on the view on two. He's yeah. now on another thing. He's yeah. on uh, the what is it? Uh, Forty-four viewers a voice. Yeah. So he, that <laughs> he was must one be of the ones. Firing a yeah, lot. <laughs> either he's getting fired by every single show, or he's just deciding to jump ship and go to different viewers because. It's interesting because he's just hopping around to different news channels all the time. Uh, so after that, after you hear see the newscasters, they show Spawn standing on the roof of a church. Now, there is some interesting symbolism when it comes to the comic. You see him very often uh, when he's perched up on a roof. He happens to be perched on churches or on a cross, mm -hmm. which is interesting because... He's been known to be an atheist and doesn't really associate himself with heaven or hell or anything like that. But he made a deal with the devil so he can be brought back. And still, every time you see him, he's usually posted on like a church with a cross. So it's, it's weird how you see those connections, how so much heaven and hell references and how it shows he's not a bad guy. He does have... Like, some sort of guidance that he's not seeing. Um, so, while he's standing up there, he decides that he wants to take the opportunity to uh, test his abilities. Because he's been noticing he has some sort of powers. Uh, he wants to try to alter his appearance with his powers to make him look more human-like. Fix his skin and his face. And when he does give himself a face. Mind you, this guy is supposed to be black, and the only face that he can manage to make for himself is that of a blonde-haired white guy. Now, that was the question I was going to ask. Like, was that really, like, needed? Or do you feel like it was just, like, Malvosia playing another trick on him? Like, you're not going to get what you want. You know, I hadn't thought about that. That could be very much him just playing a trick on him. I just thought it was funny seeing like how this guy, this is definitely uh, a touch of uh, 
brain fart. Uh, it's definitely a, a touch of Farlin for yeah. you because this is the kind of stuff that he would pull. Just the random comedy bits for the serious characters. So I like how they just like threw that little bit in there. Uh, later on, we see them go back to the detectives. They're going into more conversation, going into clues. <clears throat> and they're just kind of like discussing clues that trying to figure out what is ripping out these hearts. Where is these? Why are there so many cases like this? And trying to fi find out where the connections are. Uh, after that, they jump back to the Violator, who's killing more people, ripping out their hearts, and he's just like such a terrible character. <laughs> I love the Violator. He's the mo He's terrifying. I can't stop talking about him. You well, know, it's like we said. It's like when we even. Oh, I hate rehashing back to the movie. But he was the best role in the movie. I'll even say that over Michael J. White. And I say, and I forget the guy who taught or did him. But I would have never thought I had seen him in a role like that. And I tell you, he did a really good job bringing the clown part of him out, too. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just the violator part of it. It was the clown. And it was like, I remember being terrified of clowns. And he just made me terrified even more. Like, it looked even, as a kid, it was like, yeah, it's more childish for me than a <laughs> violator. <laughs> but, go ahead, I'll let you finish. All right, on. so, now we jump to the next scene where Spawn is finally getting fed up with his powers. He hates the fact that he gets, keep turning himself into this white guy. So, he goes overboard with his powers, unleashing a lot of force into him, trying to just get what he finally get what he wants until he finally exhausts himself and after he exhausts himself all of a sudden a flash of memories starts coming back to him and while it's there he's uh flashes back to his old boss uh, and you get to see a bit more of what happened during his final days when he was having discussions with his boss figuring things out and his boss was trying to make him do something that he didn't want to do. Right. And we see again, we're bringing up the movie because I know a lot of people, it's like we said, I know a lot of people yeah. associate spawn with the movie. Um, the violator was played by John Leguizamo. I, sorry. I hate to butcher his John Leguizamo. Name. Thank you. Yeah. And his boss, which is goes by the name of Jason Wynn is also in the movie and played by Martin Sheen, Charlie Sheen's father, in real life. I tell you, that was probably one of the stupidest roles he ever played <laughs> in his career. But, but... He did it well, though, I honestly think. One of the things I liked about it is that they, it's like they say, they see him once as friends, even more as like they disagreed, like even as siblings. He could truly even see the... Um, but they fought so much that even they saw the Cain and Abel kind of thing going on. Yeah. Yeah, I could agree with that. So. So, once again, we get to jump back over to uh, the Violator, who's killing more people. But he decides that, you know, this is actually getting boring. He's He's not having fun killing people anymore, so... He decides to go over to his next little side project. Um, he goes to locate Spawn, who was passed out in a, in a back alley. And he starts talking with him, trying to sway him over to his side. And, uh, and by swaying him to his side, it's more like he's throwing insults and telling him, Hey, don't, don't mess with me or I'll destroy you. And Spawn's just like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And, uh, so right at the end of this chapter, uh, he decides, Spawn decides to just walk away and tells him, look, buddy, just, you know, I, I don't have time for this. Just get the hell out of my way. And the violator that just pisses him off. So, uh, he transforms and is like, oh, come on, man. Have a heart. Yeah. And that 
is the end of issue two. So what did you feel about that, uh, the introduction to uh, the violator for this one? To be totally honest, I actually do like Spawn's like reaction. Like when you first see the violator trying to get Spawn's attention, he's like, he, he's like, what's that short little fat dude doing up there on the roof? <laughs> like, <laughs> it's just some of those funny moments that you would have been like, yeah, that don't make any sense. What the heck is he doing up there? But the violator to me, he is, a, it's like you said, he's a very, very, you might not think he was that scary because he's just this little stubby little crown or chubby little clown, homeless kind of guy. But he really is like a threatening cast and, or, or a character in this. And I actually didn't mind this issue. I do think it brought a lot up. But again, I felt like it rehashed a little bit from the first issue instead of just rehashing or just telling us the continuation of the story. I just felt like it was like, oh, I'm still trying to remember. I'm still trying to. It's like, stop doing that and just make him try to remember. Just kind of do a flow of things. So, but I like the Violator. I do like Spawn in this issue. Um, and I would have bought probably but continued buying it. So. What about you, Will? What's your take on it? Yeah, I definitely would have... Uh, I'm definitely going to get more of the issues because there's a lot of them, the early issues that I'm missing. Um, but yeah, I would like to see to keep reading on more of the original comics. Right. Uh, ready to move on to the third issue? Yep, let's go right, right so ahead. So the third issue... The very first thing that you see in the third issue is Spawn screaming, Wanda, because he finally remembers her name. He finally remembers the name of his wife. And so after finally figuring out, he tries to figure out what's the best way that I can get back in contact with her. Like, even if he did manage to go see her, the only thing he could do like he would either go in looking like the crispy corpse that he is or going looking like the blue haired blonde <laughs> guy or blonde haired blue eyes white guy white dragon white dragon <laughs> <laughs> not savage dragon everybody yeah. it's white dragon which fun fact is also another original creation of image comics but <laughs> which what was it We'll get to that later on. Well, I believe it's in this issue too, where you actually see the Savage Dragon on TV. So it's a nice little <laughs> tip of the hat to him. Yeah. So that would that'd be cool to go back and reference. So yeah. So at this point, he's trying to figure out what's the best way, uh, and he's trying to figure out. Okay, I have to go and confront some people first, and uh, before he can do that, we get thrown back over to um i forget his name every time i see it uh you're talking about the demon yeah the um, devil the malboja malboja yeah i keep forgetting it. i'm just more like it's sad because you would think they would reference his name yeah it, they don't at all it, it, it pretty much is just like the devil that he made the deal with and if you're not into spawn as much the only way you're gonna know is pretty much you have to read more into it and then you finally figure out what his name is it's malboja yeah and this is where you get the first like full body shot of malboja like get to see him for his whole self and he's a definitely like if you were gonna see a demon this is a demon this is the demon. And uh, he decides to... Uh, this is going to be one of his... Uh, another opportunity for him to strike and take an effect on Spawn. Can I actually talk about a couple notes I made on him? Yeah, on of course. this scene? Because I got the perfect voice for him. So. Okay. Oh, good. Okay. So we go to... Like we said, we talk about... Um, what was it? Before we actually going to go into... Um, Malboja a little bit. Um, some of the things I wanted to bring up was um, after he starts um, when he finds out, you know, finally puts together Wanda um, as her name. Sanspa said, what was it? He pretty much like he calls he wants to go after the scumbag that he made the deal with, which is Malboja. Spawn says this perfectly, and I wanted to bring this up. 
for someone who didn't believe in religion. I'm sure I sure got thrown into a biblical nightmare. Demons, souls, deals, lies. That's what is in the great beyond, not some cute old man in a beard. It later on says, it was a hell of a deal I made. Let me see my wife and you can have my soul. Sounded simple. I never factored in that he or that he stripped away everything I had. My face, my skin, and he seems to be toying with my memories. Giving me selective recall. Well, your time will come, devil. Before I go into the Malboja part quick, do you feel this actually makes, with Al Simmons being considered an atheist, you think that makes him more of a tragic hero now because of the situation he's in? You know, I kind of do. I think it does have, it does play into that a lot. Um, definitely makes him an anti-hero. Right. Uh, because he's not good, he's not bad, but he's definitely trying to avoid doing what the like real bad guys want him to do right like he wants to play by his own rules but he wants to find justice in his own way right so i'm going to go back to malboja now yeah. okay and yes i do feel that does make him more of a tragic hero because he's been not so much corrupted his whole life but He's had his views, and now he's realizing his views were wrong. And now he's realizing, what did I get myself into? Kind of thing. Um, so I'm going to go back to Mel Bosher, like we said. His goal is to make Al Simmons' new life a living hell. He states that Simmons, life's history, me, you a perfect choice. He also states how amusing. A higher killer now thinks he has he can have morals. I actually don't mind that quote, and that actually kind of makes it does make sense with him saying that, because a guy who just took lies and didn't matter now has morals. Mm -hmm. I that I do figure triggers into his tragic hero states, um, and it, he really goes on to talk about what his goal is. He wants to build, develop this army against the forces of good. He, and this is the only way. He has to have agents. And we'll go more into that in episode, or in the fourth issue, not episode, um, the fourth issue where he actually encounters Spawn and talks to him. But I'm going to turn it back over to my partner. Right. So after the scene with Malboja, we get sent to... Uh, the detectives again, who are trying to still figure out who is committing these crimes, who's killing these people, and uh, they keep finding the same uh, conclusions that it's all these um, these mafia people, these gang people that are getting killed, and to them, they still think that it doesn't matter who's getting killed, murder is murder, someone needs to answer for the crimes even though they acknowledge that crime rate is still going down. Uh, and then next you go to the Violator, who is just being his weirdo self, going to try to kill more people, taking enjoyment out of it. But then we jump to another uh, section, which is the CIA headquarters. And up near the top floor you see... Uh, this man named Mr. Miller, who's talking with his secretary. I think it's a secretary. I and think he's so. trying to uh, convince her to have a little extra fun uh, with him, but uh, she's just resisting. Get away from me! Yeah, <laughs> she's just trying to resist him until, uh, out of nowhere, Spawn jumps in. And just gets his attention and telling him, like, uh, I highly recommend that you correct the oversight quickly. Because uh, if I have to come back again, she'll get the money from your life insurance policy. Talking about his wife. Mm -hmm. uh, and so he lets him go. Decides <laughs> to let him live. But uh, this guy is kind of just not having it and uh just like asks who are you 
And spawn spawns with pray you never learn. Can I answer that question? I'm Batman. I'm Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> <laughs> and Malbogia is actually taking a lot of joy in this because mm-hmm. even though he didn't kill him, he's letting his uh, nerve get to him, his emotions get to him, he's letting it become violent, and he is really enjoying enjoying it a lot. Right. And so Spawn goes through files that he took from Mr. Miller over in the CIA building to hopefully get more information on his wife and try to find her. And when he finally does, he finds out that she remarried. So he goes back to like her house where she lives and decides to transform his body. And though he's not happy with it, he becomes this blonde haired white guy (laughs) and takes opportunity to finally confront his wife and you finally uh get to see him interact with her and the dog doesn't like him obviously but uh yeah he's able to uh finally see her again and see their child again and problem is that because he took all this time and spent so long transformed in this other appearance. Uh, it takes effect on his body and he passes out. And much later, uh, he finally wakes up and sees that, uh, uh, his wife again and this other man that she's with and seeing that he's just no longer in the picture and she's all happy again. But I think, well, there was a couple things there too. With the, I thought the in my when I was reading, I know me and you always have different views on it. I thought the dog barked at him because he could sense it was somebody that he knew. I thought he knew it was Al. I don't really know. That that that's a hard thing. In I know in the movie, the dog remembered him right away. But I think the other part we need to address is who her new husband is. Because yeah. he is a friend of Al Simmons. Yeah. It was actually his old partner. Yeah. Terry. Yeah. Which, that was the other thing I didn't like in the comic, and then that they did in the movie, is that Terry is an African-American in the comic, and in the movie, he's a white guy. Well, you have a problem with biracial couples? No. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with that. But I think there's also something else we need to address, too. What sure. is something that... Spawn or Al couldn't give Wanda, but Terry could. What Al did not have, which was a kid. Hmm. Al could not give babies to Wanda or couldn't conceive a baby. Terry gave that to her. Babies, I think, one or two years old. Hmm. So when we find out that, that's I think that's why he passed out too, is because one he found out he was remarried too. It could have been because I think his powers drained him, but it was also too I think he just that along with the emotional distress there too, with the finding out she had a kid now and finding out, you know, she's married to a friend of his is yeah, it's hard. I I that makes it even worse for tragic hero. I'm sorry, like. Spawn really just made a terrible deal with the devil and got screwed out of it. So he thought he was finally going to get what he wants, but then come to realize his life is just completely backwards and like he's just a toy now. (laughs) So finally he goes back into the city and is kind of reflecting on everything and getting angry at his partner for stealing his wife away from him. And, uh, out of nowhere, the violator comes back and talks to him again. And fun fact, did you know the violator is wearing an image shirt? Yes, I was going to address <laughs> that. I was going to address that in the, in the fourth issue. That was going to be one of the points I was going to bring up because when he transitions, you can see the eye of image comics on it. And yeah. I was just like, gosh. <laughs> yeah, that made me laugh right away when I saw that. Nice little Easter egg. Mm-hmm. So he goes back and forth with Violator, and Violator finally just gets irritated 
and transforms into his actual form and they go into a fight and Violator just completely destroys Spawn and rips out his heart. But uh, after thinking he's won and he finally like killed off the Spawn because you like didn't want to team up with him. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, we see him stand back up without a heart and has now acquired hell powers, fire powers. And that is where it jumps into the next issue. So that's what was it? What was it? I think, yeah, that was the only question I had was the hold with him being an atheist. Does it make him more of a tragic hero? I, I, I didn't I I didn't mind the twist with Wanda. Mm-hmm. I do think in some ways it made him see that she was better off without him. And even though it's still a sad thing to go through because that was his wife, that was his whole life and he did what he, you know, he died, made the deal and then realized she was actually better off without him. Um so I, I actually didn't mind that, but yeah, Violator is a punk. Uh, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. Uh, he's I'm gonna... nasty. Ratchet, <laughs> Gucci, you know. No. Yeah. All right. So we're gonna jump back into the fourth issue and the last issue we're actually gonna cover. It's the last part of the question series um, that he did. It was released in September 1992. Um, issue three, just to let you guys know, was actually released in August of 1992. And the second part was also released in July of 1992. Um, so it was usually once a month thing. I think the first issue was the only one that was different. I think it was like a couple months before. And then they didn't release till July. Um, so we jump back into the fight between Spawn and Violator. Uh, Violator is shocked when he grabs Spawn's heart. He didn't die. And, I, and he actually says this perfectly. I want to address this point. I just don't believe it. Who gave you such powers? Since you did human being. Since when did human beings do to rate? They've always been too fragile for this. I just don't believe it. He doesn't need his heart. He doesn't need his heart. Sorry if I just peeked the mic. I'm just telling <laughs> you when you read this, it's funny. What's going on? I thought I had the power. You said I'd be stronger than Spawn. So we realize now Malbosha's screwing him over, too. Okay? <laughs> the Violator drops Spawn's heart. Spawn picks it back up and puts it back where it belongs. Like nothing. Fight goes back and forth. Violator takes, on, takes off an arm of Spawn. Spawn takes an arm off of his. During the fight, we find out what the clown or the Violator's purpose is here on Spawn's life. Violator tells Spawn, I'm not here to gameplay. I'm here to keep you in line. Make sure you don't stray. Why he's making such a big deal out of you, I still haven't figured out. But until such time, it's my job to show you the ropes. So we find out, like you said, he's trying to help him, but maybe not being the best person for him. Yeah. But during this fight, we get interrupted by Malboja. And Malboja does show up in front of both of them. So he tells Spawn his purpose on Earth is right now. He mentions there is a God, and for someone who doesn't believe in him, it may be hard to hear, but he is trying to make an army to fight against the army of good, but he needs a billion more people, a billion more people to join his forces. He needed agents to do his bidding, and with Simmons' background, he fits these needs. Um, He also mentions something about his powers. He states, as one of my agents, you need powers to set you apart. I'm getting tired of doing that voice. Sorry, that voice will never return. (laughs) That was simple. But I'd be a fool to make it limitless. You're wise enough to see, to have sense, the draining of the power. If not, let me explain. The more you use your energy, the faster you come to a second death. The slower you use it, the less chance you have stopping evil around you. Either way, I eventually end up owning your soul. So what do you think of this, Will? I was going to ask you this. Does this make Spawn's predicament even harder? Makes his status more anti-hero in this case, or a tragic hero? Well, what's funny is this is the one that kind of 
dance that line of what is good and evil because the way Malboja described it, it's as if God and the angels in heaven, they could be the bad guys. But they and they kind of dance on that because it's obviously bad for him, but is it really bad? Like you, you can't really tell in this issue. Right. So So yeah, so pretty much it comes down to this. So either Spawn could fight the evil in the world to make his to make Malboja's army bigger, or stand by and do nothing while the world rots to the evil around him. So pretty much he's given one or the other. So either you allow this, or you allow this to happen and you do nothing about it. And the world's gonna you're just gonna sit here like a bum. Do nothing. And pretty much you're just rotting the world away. So kind of an kind of an ultimate dilemma there. Um, after explaining this, um, he touches Bond's arm and makes it grow back. But the violator grows uneasy and complains why he doesn't get special treatment for doing the devil's needs. But Malboja tells him that he has failed him miserably. Told him his job was to be a watchful eye for Spawn, but he has abused the powers by giving going on a killing spree while he went on. Because of these acts, criminals are now being more cautious than ever. Malboja then grounds the Violator's powers, turns him back into a clown, and strips him of all his powers. That's actually kind of an interesting thing. And it's like you said, it's like the whole what is, you know, what really is going on. Because he's got a point. Now you pretty much have screwed Spawn to the point where nobody's going to come out. Then what are you going to do? Yeah. There's nothing I can do now. Like, no guys are going to come out because of these parts. And that was the next note I have here, too. The fun note, the logo on the clown or Violator shirt is Image Comic logo. <laughs> <laughs> but last note we wanted to bring up. We then get turned after their fight and after the whole predicament comes out and Malboja leaves. You know, Violator's sitting there, you know, pretty much like, you know, went, went, you know, crying over, you know, that he's been screwed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, we turn back to Wanda and Terry in bed. Okay. No, they're not doing anything. Sorry. You know, we're just telling you guys this. Uh, she wakes up from a dream she just had. And Terry wakes up and is wondering what's going on. Um, she ends up telling her that in her dream that Al is alive, but looks different. He kept calling her name, thinking that she was there while she could not do anything to help. But it felt so real. That's how the issue ends. I think you missed a, a part, though, because it's kind of an interesting part because they don't really specify who it is. Um, but you see uh, there's a guy going on a monologue talking about Spawn, uh, how he will go on from there. Uh, what, what will his decisions be? How will he progress in his life? But you see a guy in a trench coat and a hat walking down the street and these two kids run up to him. is like, Hey, there he is. Go oh, look, yeah. check him out. Like, look at that guy. And uh, they say, hey, mister, watch out. And they say, hey, he's the new superhero. And he's looking at Savage Dragon. Yeah, and he's looking at Savage Dragon. Oh, <laughs> and, and it's funny because it's Spawn in the trench coat and stuff. Yeah. But don't you feel that might have been taken from the Ninja Turtles? Yeah. <laughs> it's Raphael. It's Raphael. <laughs> it's Raphael. But yeah, and then they point out <laughs> Savage Dragon and all that stuff. But they just like walk past him and he thought, that they were talking about him being the superhero. Which I don't think he wants it. It's like he didn't ask for these powers. He just yeah. wanted to see his wife. So there's a couple questions I wanted to go over with you before we end this podcast. So these are the final the four issues we decided to cover. Like I said, there's a, two more issues in this volume. Um, one's about a, um, a character by the name of Billy Kincaid who abducts children and kills them. Um, didn't want to talk about that. Yeah, we didn't really want to go too much into it, but pretty much Spawn finds a way and kills him. And the sixth issue is the mob hires a hired hand to take out their problem with Spawn. 
Yeah. So pretty much it just we didn't if you guys want to learn more about that, you guys can read it on your own. Um, you can buy this digitally on Google, you know, or the bookstore in Google, Apple. Um, you can buy a physical um, copy of it. Um, so a couple questions I wanted to go over. So after going through these four issues, do you want to read more Spawn or would this be enough for you? I definitely want to read more. Um, I never read the original issues. I only read like much later issues when he got more involved with the other DC characters. So, and I, I loved those issues because they had all kinds of interesting designs for him and he was doing all kinds of amazing stuff. And the animated series is by far one of my favorite comic book movie or comic book shows of all time, just because of the voice acting and the animation. So I would like to see more development with him. And I definitely want to like learn more of his origin stuff where he all started. Okay. So the next, I, I don't mind it. I, I've never been a spawn fan growing up. Um, was one of those. I was like, yeah, I'll pass. But now it's like maybe want to go read more, but I think it has to be a storyline that catches my interest, like the questions or like the other two, like the Billy Kincaid story, even though it's hard to talk about, it's interesting to see what he's going after. But then when you had the sixth issue, it was just like, what was that? Like, but I understand that's every comic. You're going to have one issue that just goes, what, what's that purpose for that comic? Yeah. So what the other question I have for you and the same thing we looked at House of M and we did the Judas contract. If you could change anything in these issues, what would it be and why? Or would you change anything at all? I think if I could pick anything uh, to change in these early issues, um, I would have them do what they did in the movie and introduce kind of like that uh, Templar guy. And I know, I don't know if he'll be introduced later on in the comics, so I'd like to read, continue reading on to see if they can find that out. But I liked that character. I figure he was a good mediator to, like, balance out the battle of good and evil. So right. you could see, like, a battle of both sides. I enjoyed seeing that, so that way Spawn has more conflict. He's not just hearing one side and then letting morality be the other side. Right. Right. I I don't think I would change anything. Um, I didn't like the rehashings. I think that was the only thing I didn't like, that he would go back to the rehash of the first issue, and it was just like, what are we doing that for? Um, also, the news reporters. Like, I liked, I liked the first one where, because it gave you a little background information, we don't need it every single time. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, like, oh, the... And E News, what the crap is they? What are they gonna do? Like they're just sitting there, like talking about their fashion. It's just like, what are you doing? That don't make any sense. <laughs> um, I didn't mind the Violator. I didn't mind Malboja, um, Spawn, Wanda, um, all the characters. I didn't mind. Um, I kind of do wish we would have got a little bit more backstory and who's framing him or what happened to him. Maybe even the Hinkling incident. Um, maybe give us a little bit more background. I think they did with um, his boss, but I just think there's a little bit more that could happen. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more that can be said. And, that, and uh, mind you, in the next two issues, they don't talk about that at all. They don't talk about Jason. They don't talk about the Hinkley incident. It's two separate standalone stories. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I would continue reading this. It, it is something that's caught my eye. I, I would continue reading this and seeing where it goes. Um, mind you, I believe there are over 320 issues now in the series. And so there's definitely a lot to read. Yeah. So, But the good news is it's not like most comics where it's this continuity and then you have this continuity and you have this. Yeah. It is its own standalone thing. And it is a really good series to get into. Yeah. The, only other, the only other things that you can see spawn in is occasionally when he'll be interact. They'll do like him... Uh, appearing in other comic series right because he's made some appearance with other comic books as well but when it comes to like the main story his story is just standalone still running right and 
Again, this isn't a book for everybody. We know that that was something that we took into account, but it is an This is definitely for more adult readers. Yeah. It's nothing for kids. It it, it isn't. It, you know, it is a darker character. This isn't something kids are going to understand. It, they might look at the art and say, hey, look, it's a cool art cover. doesn't mean it's all that great. You know, it's not for kids. Um, we'll just tell you guys that right now. I'm sure some kids will look at it and immediately think, hey, look, Deadpool. That or Venom. <laughs> that or Venom. With, uh, how, with, how we're, with how we are right now where we're at. Yeah, so, but... This is oh, book clubs are something that we wanted to do more often, and this is something that we I know Willie's been wanting to do for quite some time. He wanted to do Spawn when we first said book clubs. That was the first book he said we're doing Spawn, and I'm going okay. And then we did a couple other before we did that. And what was it? But I've enjoyed it. It's something new. I never really got into. Now I want to get more into. It. I know Willie said the same thing. Um, but we do appreciate you guys listening in. Um. You can follow us out on Instagram at Comic Talkers and listen to our podcasts on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. Um, and without further ado, my name is Brandon. And I am Spawn. And thank you for to listening to Comic Talkers, where comic books come to life. Woo! Bye!